Welcome to the 10th season of Delving Into Dance. In this season, the Australian Youth Dance Festival Youth Ambassadors take over the interviews to explore youth dance practice taking place both in Australia and further afield. You will hear interviews from Dan Riley, Anna Kenrick, Adam Rutherford, Adam Wheeler, Upana Nagesh, Katie McCarthy and Isabella Stone. Each interview stretches a different aspect of youth dance practice presented against the backdrop of the Australian Youth Dance Festival taking place in Melbourne in July. This season has been produced in a partnership between Dance Victoria and Delving Into Dance with the aim of expanding the conversation of youth dance practice, recognising the central role that youth dance has in a healthy dance ecology. This interview is with Adam Rutherford and I. Adam is a very intelligent and focused director. He works very closely with his youth company, Dancers, to create an experience for them that will be hard to find in any other parts of England. This interview I had with Adam was all about what he wants to achieve in his youth company. Adam allows his dancers to help with his decisions in their process of creating works, which therefore allows them to capture a very exclusive experience in contemporary dance at a young age. I started by asking, what are some of his experiences in dance? Um, wow, like most boys in England, um, I started to take dance seriously in my late teenage years. Um, I studied A-level dance at college back in Portsmouth before securing a place at the Laban Centre for Movement and Dance, which was under the direction of the late Dr. Marion North, which is now called Trinity Laban, where I did my dance degree. Um, after graduating, I secured a place in their postgraduate company, which is Transitions Dance Company, um, and worked with five leading choreographers and toured the world. So we went to Japan and Jersey, which is quite an amazing tour for um, a young new student. When yeah. I finished Transitions Dance Company, um, I then successfully got a place with Matthew Bourne Swan Lake, um, and then again toured the world, uh, again to Japan, which was a lovely um, career. Um, and did a UK tour. Um, and then after Matthew Bourne, I went on to cruise ships, um, a little bit of a change from the contemporary world. So I was doing a little bit more commercial, uh, musical work on passenger cruise liners. Um, I think I did about six world cruises in total. Um, yeah. yeah, which is pretty impressive. Um, and then I returned back to the UK, worked with contemporary companies based in the UK, some leading choreographers, and then gradually worked my way up from performer to a rehearsal director and then assistant choreographer. Um, and then, yeah, on to artistic director and creating RDC Youth. So um, obviously, since you are the artistic director of RDC Youth, what do you want to achieve in youth dance? Um, I want to achieve many things. <laughs> uh, at RDC Youth, we, we really strive to push the boundaries of youth dance by challenging the perception of youth dance and youth dancers. So we create works um, that have got a, a political message and we, we try to put these works in amateur dance platforms as opposed to youth dance platforms. So we, we feel we can get a, our messages across to a different audience. Um, we... We also, along our, alongside our works, we prepare all of our dancers for um, both pre- and post-vocational training um, by operating in a professional environment. So we aim for all of our alumni to enter um, dance conservatoires as their top choice. So the place, Laban, Northern, here in England. Um, but we've also had them get into conservatoires across Europe 
um, in Italy, in Spain also. Um, so yeah, we're just really about high quality, high quality training, preparing a dancer for conservatoire and for the future after conservatoire, um, and creating works with messages. Awesome. Um, what are the different roles you have for being an artistic director? Ah, now this is an interesting question. I'm trying to find um, a work-life balance at the moment, but it's quite difficult. So I think yeah. as an independent um, artist, also working as an artistic director, uh, I think I'm an administrator, a tour booker, a company manager, a rehearsal director, a marketing manager, finance manager, um, communications manager, company manager, copywriter... You know, there's so many hats for an artistic director to wear in a, in a small team. Yeah. Um, yes, it's quite... All the roles, I think, at the moment. <laughs> Sounds very heavy duty. It is, yes, yes. It can be. <laughs> um, when choreographing, where does your main focus for youth contemporary dance go towards? So when we choreograph, um, or when I choreograph for the company, we work with um, a theme each year. So the youth uh, company members, we sit down and we throw some ideas of themes into a hat of what we want to work towards the next year. So in the past, we've worked under the umbrella of homophobia and homosexuality, global equality. Um, this year, of course, we're doing immigration. So our work, IMI, that we're bringing over to Australia to perform. So we pick subject matters that um, frequently are topical and also tackle social and political relevance. So we hope that the audience might leave a show thinking a different way about whatever subject we've decided to tackle that year. Mm. Awesome. Um, do you try to create your dances so that you can spread a message or do you allow it to welcome youth dancers into the dance world for a good experience? Um, as a company, we, we strive to do both, but on two separate threads. So within the main core company, we definitely create works that um, spread a message. So like, like I said, for the response to the previous question, picking themes yearly that uh, have a social and political relevance. So that is for the core company. And then for the wider community, we run our own access contemporary technique classes. So on a Saturday morning, we would open our class up to other teenagers that would like to come in and develop their dance technique, which would be uh, an experience for them to come in, experience contemporary technique, but also be with the main company and see how a company vibe might work in a studio etiquette. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, do you think England has anything unique in dance that you can't get in any other place in the world? Hmm. Now, this is an interesting question. Um, it's interesting because, the, you know, the contemporary dance world within the world is constantly changing. So there's always new work, new leaders, um, new innovators that are happening uh, constantly. But... I do believe England is one of the leaders in contemporary dance training. We have three dance conservatoires on our island. So, um, you know, that lots of people from all over the world come to England to train. They often create models that are then replicated across the globe. So I think in that sense, 
England offers something quite unique in the contemporary dance world. Um, for example, Trinity Lab, and they were the first, I think, organisation to launch a degree in dance science, which is um, now fed into the Health Your Dancer programmes, which we all know and take as common knowledge. But back in the day when I was training, we wasn't so aware that our bodies were should be treated like an athlete's. Um, so you being a director, choreographer and a dancer who's been all over the world, what do you feel um, allows contemporary dance to have that ability of spreading a message that no other artistic discipline can? Um, I think the key difference between contemporary dance and other artistic disciplines is the communication of emotion from performer to the audience, which... Mm -hmm. You know, the ability to physically communicate a message non-verbally is a powerful, powerful tool that all audience members can appreciate, can understand. You know, dance was... It's a tribal act. It has a tribal background. Everyone does dance um, initially as kids, and we all do it socially. So I think there's a very powerful message there that can be utilised by choreographers when they're creating mm. their works. Well, obviously, me being in a youth dance company, um, we have a certain way of working. And as you said before, um, RDC Youth has their own way of working. Do you work through England's Department of Education or is it an extra extracurricular that allows you to travel the world in dance? Um, we don't work through England's Department of Education, no. That's quite... Um they have quite specific guidelines and you have to be yeah. quite a large organisation or project um, to be successful to have their name uh, attached to your company. So we're an extracurricular activity. Um, we're fully independent, although we do work sometimes with funding from the Arts Council of England. So every year I will write funding bids during the summer in the hope that we would get some funding for the next academic year. Um, so, yeah, we, we mainly operate on fundraising and individual fees from our youth company members. So, for example, coming to Australia, we're, we're doing an active GoFundMe campaign, um, which is doing all right at the moment. Um, I like to provide places for our youth company members where their circumstances, personal circumstances, don't prevent them from being in the company. So, because I'm from a council estate myself, so from a, a poor background, I like to provide opportunities to dancers that have talents that they're not held back by money so we strive to get a lot of our fundraising in place each academic year so that anyone who wants to join can join yeah that's awesome yeah um what do you feel are the perks of rdc youth um i think our i think one of the perks for us is that we operate as a professional young dance company which is which is quite unique i think we're maybe one of a couple in england that do that we're definitely one the only one in the west midlands in birmingham um so we you know we work towards high quality uh, uh, art high quality choreography we like to have debates and communication um, all of our classes and all of our sessions are led by active professional dance leaders so 
everyone that we get in to deliver work is either still performing or has performed for a long time with a big company. Um, we, as I mentioned before, we get our Arts Council project, which is Empower. So this is very unique to us. So the youth company members choose their choreographers. I don't, I'm not part of that process. So I step back and let the youth company, so they audition choreographers who come in and deliver a workshop. And then at the end, they all do a score sheet and then they all have a little debate and then they decide which choreographers they want to work with, which is extremely unique and, and an amazing perk for our company. And then on top of that, we get to travel a little bit due to um, seeking opportunities further afield than in England. So a couple of years on the trot, we've been to um, Academia Internationale uh, Caritica in Florence, Italy, where I've taken some dancers over to take part in a ballet summer school for a week. Um, we've been to Glasgow to do the Commonwealth Games. And now, of course, we're heading to Australia. That sounds amazing. <laughs> Very busy. <laughs> yes. Um, RDC's youth saying, when I looked it up, was youth by nature, professional by nurture. What message do you try to spread in saying this? And what are your opinions in the whole discussion of nature versus nurture? I think when I originally founded the company back in 2013, there was, um, as far as I could see, there was a gap in the training of youth dancers um, definitely in the West Midlands, definitely in Birmingham. Um, there were schemes that were providing dancers with training but not providing dancers with performance and there were schemes that were providing dancers with performance but not providing them with any training and I thought that it would be a good idea to combine the two of those because they work so hand in hand uh, and they're vital uh, and I think the reason this was happening is because people were underestimating how hungry a young dancer can be at age 11 and all, they already know if they want to be a dancer seriously or not so I thought it was a good idea to maybe push young dancers into a more of a professional environment and then they will be able to make an informed decision about whether dance is truly for them or not. Um, in response to nature versus nurture, um, you know, I give equal weight to both. When we hold our annual auditions, we have some people in the room that have been dancing since they were very young. They have RAD exams, they have ISTD exams and all these other exams and then there are some people in the room which are normally boys to be honest um that have very little dance background but have a raw potential that needs to be tapped into and you can see that with a little bit of nurturing they can excel exceptionally or move from break dancing to contemporary and you know, become a professional dancer. And we've had many alumni that have come in with no training whatsoever and are now in their first, second, third years at Laban, Northern, etc. Awesome. At RDC Youth sounds like an amazing experience to have. Um, yes. <laughs> They're very lucky. They're very lucky. Yes. 
Um, what do you think dance or even just contemporary dance in particular can provide that speaking cannot? For me, I, for me, it's definitely the, the communication of emotion, you know, from performer to audience member. As say, I get the same feeling as when I was a performer, when I was a rehearsal director, assistant choreographer, and now artistic director. The, the feeling when a work communicates a message to an audience live on stage is something that you can physically feel as an audience member. And, and like I've said before, you don't need to be a professional dancer to understand a story or a theme or a message. I think it, the ability to communicate beyond words, non-verbally, is definitely what contemporary dance can do above any other art form. Yeah. Um, did your knowledge for dance help you succeed in your career when building this um, RDC Youth Company? Um, absolutely. I think... You know, I'm still wearing quite a few hats, so I've recently done a, performed a solo in, in Birmingham as part of a LGBT festival. Um, I still, on occasion, go and work as a rehearsal director for other companies, and I'm still choreographing independently. And I truly believe all of those roles feed directly back to my role as an artistic director. It keeps me active, up-to-date, um, and... Each new job gives me a new vision and purpose for not only myself and my career, but RDC Youth. So, uh, yeah, everything I've learned over the years, back back to the little bit of old school training and performances, um, definitely feed into the company. I've got books and books and notebooks from leading choreographers around the world that I often go back and, and read and see how they might have attempted a challenge that I was stuck on, for example. So, yeah, everything, all the roads lead back to, to the job I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, what excites you in youth dance at the moment? I think at the moment there's, there is a movement to um, respond to current politics that are going on around the world i've seen I've, I've been to quite a few platforms this year already and i'm seeing a, a, a nice shift to people making work that make you think as opposed to making work um so i'm finding it really interesting that that you know a lot of choreographers and a lot of artistic directors are uh, are helping young people to to gain a voice and think as artists for the future. Um, I think that's a nice shift that's happening definitely here in England. And also, uh, you know, I've worked uh, in Italy and Spain and they're also taking on topical subjects. And I think that's just a natural response at the moment from the art world to what's going on in the world. Yeah. Um yeah. What do you think you will love most about travelling to Australia for dance? Wow, I know that everyone's very excited because I keep getting emails and messages constantly. Um, I think the top one for me will be working in collaboration with Flipside and you guys um, and KD to create a new work for performance. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I know the company are really looking forward to getting to make new friends, discover new places and... Um, a few, few of them want to be tourists quite a lot, so immersing themselves in the, in the culture and <laughs> learn as much as possible. Um, but, and also, 
you know, we've, we've been to platforms similar to this in England. So learning from other dance teachers and choreographers from across the world, other young people, um, just having fun, really. I've been to Australia a couple of times, but only for the day, which is very odd. Mm. No, wow. <laughs> yes. It, yes. Yeah, it's very, because I was on a cruise ship, so we'd come in in the morning and then we'd get, get off, enjoy the day in Sydney and then go back on the cruise ship. So I'm looking forward yeah. to spending a little bit more time on, on the land. Yes. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's a very nice land, I must say. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm looking forward to it. I'm watching lots of documentaries about the area. <laughs> I, think, I think everybody is, yeah. Awesome. I think it's an amazing experience that of what you and Katie McCarthy have come up with and I don't think I would have been able to get an experience like this any other way, not even through my schooling, so thank you. Oh, our pleasure, our pleasure. I'm really looking forward to I'm looking forward to meeting Katie and I'm looking forward to uh, making a new work because, uh, you know, I think Katie and you guys work similar with us with subject matter and themes. So mm. I'm hoping we can get a nice, healthy debate going about whatever we decide to collaborate. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Paige Carr, one of the Youth Ambassadors, and I also interviewed Adam Wheeler and Isabella Stone. You can find out more about the AYDF Festival online. Episode notes for this episode are at delvingintodance.com. You can also find both Delving Into Dance and Oz Dance Victoria on Twitter and Facebook. You can subscribe for more podcast episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play and many other podcast platforms. You can find many podcast episodes on the archive. Some of my favourites include Joshua Pether's interview as well as Cheryl Stock. Thank you for listening and for stepping into this new experience with me. Live creatively and remember, falling is one of the ways of moving.